Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we're here to become better habitat managers. What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are doing well, having a great November so far. We have an awesome episode for you here today. We have the story of a 207-inch whitetail taken by my good friend, Brandon Johannes out of Minnesota. So what we get into is an October hunt. Brandon was able to get it done on a beautiful buck, buck of a lifetime. And you're going to hear all about it right here. Uh, Brandon's a good friend of mine. We talk about his farm in Minnesota, some habitat work he's doing on there. And then um, this buck was shot in Iowa. We'll cover the whole story here. I want to give you guys a little update. Brian and I have been down in Illinois this past uh, week or so. Brian just left yesterday. He hunted a full week. I, um, I've i been here three, four days now. It is slow, guys. It has been slow for us, unfortunately. Um, the weather has been in the 70s every afternoon, 50s and 60s in the morning. Um, we might have had one or two mornings cooler than that. It's just been tough getting our butts whooped down here. Um, I'm going to give it one more hunt tonight and probably take off in the morning and head back to Michigan to hunt my 15 acres, which is blowing up uh, as I'm out of state, which happened last year too. So I'm going to go straight back to the 15 tomorrow, see if we can get it done there. I just want to wish everybody good luck in the woods. If you're out there, uh, the warm weather can suck, but at the same time, these bucks uh, you know, happens one time a year for them, and they're they're still out looking. Uh, it's just going to be suppressed movement from what I'm seeing and, and hearing. So it's still getting done, though. Uh, so get out there. Keep at it. It's, it's our favorite time of year, and uh, pray for a cold front coming soon. Um, We are going to have another great episode next week. We have a, a really great episode next week as well. So hang in there. It's deer season. We're going to try to get these episodes to you as often as possible to regular scheduling um, as best we can here. So before we get into it, I want to thank a couple of our partners. I want to thank Packer Max Colta Packers. Congratulations, Lincoln, on that Saskatchewan giant. Uh, he just shot like a 300-pound-plus buck up in Saskatchewan. If you guys want to see that buck, head, o- head on over to Packer Max Facebook page. It's up there. Um, he's got the best Colta Packers for food plotters out there been our number one partner for years their very first partner here at habitat podcast i've been using his packer for a long time um if you guys are interested in a call to packer for your spring food plots and next year or even if you got planting down south this fall yet check them out at packermax.com use code hpc25 and you will get a discount on the call to packer now lincoln uh has some other sales going or whatnot so get on over there check them out and tell them Habitat Podcast sent you. I also want to thank Morse Nursery. Morse has been our tree partner for years now, and we are putting in orders already for the spring. So we are an authorized dealer here at Habitat Podcast. Uh, We can help on 
some orders if you're interested. Email us, info at habitatpodcast.com. I know uh, we had a couple of us already getting orders in for spring, making sure the inventory is there for us and not, you know, ran out by the time spring gets here. So taking orders for that. I want to thank Morse Nursery, guys. They do have great products. I have plenty of their trees planted on my 15, and they all fruited this year. Um, it it was awesome. So morrisnursery.com. Email us if you're interested. Otherwise, you can also use the code HP10 for a discount there. I'm sorry, it's Habitat 10. Habitat 10 for 10% off your order. If you want some special help on a larger order, hit us up, info at habitatpodcast.com for the dealer. Okay, I'd like to thank the rest of our partners. I want to thank Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, Exodus Trail Cameras, Endless Horizons Archery, Afflictor Broadheads, First Light, Realtree United Country Land Pro, Legendary Forest Products, and Vitalized Seed Company. Good luck, guys. Shoot straight this fall. We'll be back next week with another great episode of you for the Habitat Podcast. Nothing too wild except for a hillbilly from Minnesota shot a big-ass deer. Yep, exactly. It's me, Barry Carter, the most partner I've got. Okay. Good to see you again. Yeah, you too. It's been, geez, what? Well, I think... When I was down there the last time, I had my daughter with, so yeah. almost five years. She was a little squirt when she was down. Your wife was there, too. Yeah, yep. Yeah, she was almost one. So, yeah, it would have been about four years ago then. She's going to be five, and she'll be five in February, so. Yeah, so that was, uh, what, muzzleloader hunt in Illinois, we, where we met over at Ben Plattner's place. Yep. My first time there. You've been going there a while, I think, at that point. I, I don't know. Yeah, I was there a couple, geez, I don't know, probably two, maybe three times prior to that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, I was there one other time after that. I was there one other time after that. Oh, is that it? Just one other time? Uh, since I seen you down there muzzleloader season, I was down there one more time archery season, probably maybe two years later, I think it was. Because yeah, that early season? I, Yep, because I think I drew my Iowa tag the year after that, and then I didn't go down there. And then I went the following year, I went back down there, me and a couple other buddies went down there. Okay, well, what I remember about about meeting you, well, first off, you told me what a bushel was. That's right, the bushel. The bushel, you're like, you haven't heard of a bushel? I'm like, what the hell is a bushel? Yeah, you're like, that that funny guy on on Facebook, the, the you betcha guy. Yeah, he was just starting out. He was, and, and now I know pretty much every one of his videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good time. And then I also, I remember one other thing about you. Um, I was taking a customer down there. <clears throat> we were hunting, and it was muzzleloader. It was cold as, cold as shit. And uh, yeah. I hunted the first night out there. I passed the buck, and you came and picked me up in your truck. Okay. I think Ben asked me to pick you up. And you were, you sat out, I think you sat out all day and you had nothing on besides like your regular hunting clothes and your hat. Yep. Your hat was a stormy Cromer. Oh, okay. Yep. So we're, you know, we're from Michigan, UP and whatnot. We know about stormy Cromers and I couldn't believe that you sat out there all day in a stormy Cromer without your ears covered. Yeah. But you boys are a lot tougher than we Say that again. So we're a little tougher in Minnesota, I guess, huh? Or just the diehards, I guess. I was just gonna say, you Minnesota boys are tougher, man. Like you, all day with the the Stormy Cromer and your ears exposed, I was like, "Holy hell, who is this guy?" <laughs> oh yeah, that was a good time, though. That was a good time. Yep, seems just like it was just a week, of, you know, a year or two ago, but it goes fast. Well, let's do this, Brandon. Let's tell, let's have everybody kind of hear who you are, where you're from, what you do for a living, kind of how you got into hunting, that whole thing, um, kind of okay. how we start out these podcasts, and um, we'll take it from yep. there. Okay. All right. Well, my name is Brandon Johannes, and live in central Minnesota my whole life, and I do uh, self-employed uh, flooring installers, and just like to get out in the woods as often as I can. 
I got a wife and three kids. Um, my wife's very patient with my outdoors habits and <laughs> very fortunate for that. If I didn't have her, I probably wouldn't have been down there this past week or well, geez, almost a week and a half ago already and film Iowa tag. And yeah, just a, just a rural guy that likes to go hunting all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you, um, central Minnesota and you, you guys, just recently got a new a new house you're you you were building and moving into or, or some property you were on i know you have some yep. there on that property too yep um last fall sold my our prior property piece and then we bought a new piece and then we had i think we closed on december 16th so we had like 15 days to hunt until the first of the year and new year's eve night a good friend of mine harvested a First buck on my property, a nice mature eight point with a bunch of garbage on them. Um, and then now it's this year, been trying to get my cameras going and setting up stands, food plots, working with the land a little bit, and trying to just transform it into something better yet, you know? So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully here in the next week or two, things start kicking off and start uh, getting some, some good shooters on camera. So, well, if it, if it means anything to you, I got my first shooter on camera last night. So I had the same, same kind of piece where, like, they're not there, you know, all the time. They come in right when I need them to come in mm -hmm. season. And uh, it was October 10th, probably about three days behind schedule. But he showed up nice, you know, 10, 10 or 11 or 12 point. I can't tell exactly, but nice. But, buck. No. but uh, so yours, I, I imagine the same way, you know. Mid-October mm -hmm. hits, late October hits, it'll probably be the same kind of thing. I think so, yeah, because I really didn't have – I mean, I had some cameras out there. Maybe I didn't have the right positions, you know, right out of the gates. But um, I know a couple other friends of mine in the surrounding section piece, kind of the same thing, you know. All of a sudden, it's like a light switch, 10th, 15th of October kicks on, and then all of a sudden, you got bucks showing up. But, yeah, I didn't have anything really summering there. Um which is okay, you know, once the rut kicks on and they come to you and then get the job done, hopefully, you know. Exactly, yeah, I've never really, I mean, it kind of sucks because you can't watch them grow all summer long and blah, 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 but, um, and that would be cool to do that, but at the same time, it's like I can go out there a hundred times if I want to in a row and not <laughs> booger them up. So yeah. it's kind of a pro and a con there, you know. Yeah, and you can do some uh stand movement placing you a little more time with that and get your food plot set up and yeah exactly i but that's a that's a good grasp with it you know you got more time to get stuff done so exactly well how big is your your new minnesota piece the place you just moved to uh the new piece is 133 that's awesome so should be good it's a lot of it should be a good bedding area there's a lot of tamarack swamp once it freezes you know and the food butts up close to it should be good late season is my game plan i mean you get one during the rut or anything earlier that's a bonus you know but kind of dialing it in for late season and they should all kind of yard up down to that area if the weather permits you know that's another thing but usually it does you know yeah what where are you at in, in minnesota you don't have to give me the city at least but like how i wonder how far north you are compared to where i'm at in michigan in terms of latitude um, we're about an hour and a half straight north of a little northwest of minneapolis okay so i would think kind of want to see what that would go to for for us here so there's minneapolis oh yeah so your biggest city that we're closest to is st cloud wave park okay yep Yep. So you and you're you said you're northeast or northwest? Uh northwest. Got it. Yeah, so you're pretty much in line with probably where my northern 70 piece is, which is the tip of the lower peninsula. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure you'll get some cold weather, you know, to to push those deer into that late season pattern like you want them to. Yeah, absolutely. It just all depends on, you know, some years it's worse than others. Sometimes the snow comes later, you know, harvest, you know, if the 
weather's good and we get the crops off or they don't, you know, there's always factors. Yeah. They concentrate more in one area or not. So you've been doing any habitat work out there on that piece on that 133 this year? You know, a little bit. Um, mainly, mainly just some food plots. Um, that's all I really had time with this year. Did a little clearing of some brush, not a lot. Um, just kind of trying to feel it out for the first year, kind of get my bearings with it and see what the deer kind of do natural movement. And then probably this fall, winter is when I like to spring, really get going into something and kind of set it up more, you know? Yeah. So sure the natural movement and funnels there are and everything, and then go from there. Well, plus you're waiting for some habitat guy to call you and go over the property with you a little bit too, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I owe you a, a good discussion we were supposed to have like last month. Yeah, that's all good. There's we're gonna time. have it, buddy. We're gonna have it. Um, Sounds good. How big was that eight point that your buddy shot last year on the one thirty three in Minnesota? Uh, he's made from eight, and he had four stickers on him. Uh, grossed one forty five and change. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, he was good. He was a good mature deer. We sent the teeth in. Excuse me, he did, and uh, it was four and a half year old deer. So, okay. how does that rate for a buck up there? Uh, you know, it's. I think it's a lot like Michigan. You know, there's a lot of guys killing two and a half year old, one year old, one and a half. You know, yeah. It's it's tough to get them past that three and a half. You know. Yeah. It's so that's tough. that's a hell of a buck then. Yeah, so I mean, it's a he's a really he's a really good buck for Minnesota, that's for sure. I mean, he's a good buck any state, you know, but uh, Minnesota, yeah, well, anything that's over four and a half, I think is a is a trophy for sure. Especially as far north as you are. I mean, if you were further south towards you know the the better states, mm-hmm. I mean, do you have better hunting in the southern part of your state? Yeah, um, you know, there can be. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, Southeast Minnesota had the point restriction there for a few years and that all, Uh, you know, that all came loose and chronic waste and then they got rid of it. But I mean, you could see what the deer just blew up, you know, and there's guys coming from all over the place, you know, wanting to buy up the land and, you know, it's, you're basically hunting Iowa, you know? Right. So there's, there's pockets, you know what I mean? But it's, I think Minnesota has the capability of growing the, the big deer but it's just letting them grow is the problem so and we're far we're central so we're not far enough north like when you get up to the big timber the big swamp country up north and all you don't have the grains you know like we do down here cropping you know the beans and corn and all that other jazz you know so but where we're at all that yet so yeah yeah, I guess I looking at the map here, Minnesota goes freaking far north, man, compared to yeah. I mean, even the UP. You're way north of the UP at the furthest tip. Yep. Yeah. It gets gets way up there. You know, you get I think from where we live, I think it's probably about four and a half hours, I think, to Canada, you know? Yeah. So ways to go yet. All right. Well, let's um let's dive into this um little deer that you shot and kind of talk about you know kind of how this all came to be what the heck are you doing going to iowa so soon i mean if you drew in 19 and you're back in 22 you're doing something different than i'm doing no um i might have my dates mixed up there a little bit but last time i was in iowa was 2017 Okay, so yeah, that's that's normal then. Yeah, okay. And you're going bow each time, right? Yep, archery both times. Yep. Okay. So uh, you so you drew this, so that would be five points it took you to draw. Yep, five year draw. And what zone were you in, if you don't mind? Uh zone six. I think so, that's where, yeah, I think that's where I hunted last time was zone six. The very southeast corner. Yep, zone yep, zone six southeast corner. Yep. Yep. Got it. Yeah, it took us five years as well, and I hunted in 2019. Okay. 
or yeah, it was 19. That took us five years. So I can't, I can't imagine it's going to be probably six years. Coming I, think up. It's getting, I think it'll be getting worse. You know, I think it's just only going to get worse because it used to be like a, before I started going, they were telling me it was like a three-year draw, four tops. And now it's right. turned five, five, six-year draws the way it's sounding. So it's just, just more guys wanting to get out there and then they know it's there. And there's a reason why you wait five, six years to get that tig, you know? Yeah. No kidding. So tell me about your thought process. Your last year you're putting in, you know, in, in May or June, you know, or May, I should say for your, for your fifth point, you're drawing, you have a place picked out where you were going already. Were you um, going to just draw first and then figure that out? What's your thought process? picked already um made some connections down there with an outfitter and then like this buck i killed was was on an outfitted property um first time i was down there was public ground hunting uh it was really good i enjoyed it and then made some good connections and set up for my hunt to come down here when i drew with my fifth point and wasn't planning on going down early season like this um I was going to go down there late October, early November for the rut hunt. Obviously, everybody wants to hunt the rut. And friend, outfitter guy ended up calling and said, I think you better maybe come down opening weekend if you can break away. Because I'm only about five hours from there. So, I mean, I'm pretty close to home, you know. Yeah. And he said, come down. Pretty good one. Coming up, coming in into a food plot every, you know, showing up three, four nights a week, you know, and they hadn't checked them for cameras for a couple of weeks and checked it the week. He called me, he called me on Tuesday before the opener. I think he ended up checking the last time was on a Wednesday and he was in there uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then he wasn't in there the other days, but there's some bigger deer in the background. Couldn't tell, you know, it might've been him, might not have been him, but so that's the reason why I ended up going earlier season because they had one of their bigger deers kind of pinned down. So, yeah. And I um, mean, everybody kind of says that early season or late season is the best time to kill these real big boys or mm-hmm. they're just more patternable, I guess. Um, what was your thought on that? Were you like, like, were you able to still come down the rut if this didn't happen? Or were you like, all my, I'm taking all my chips out of the rut basket and putting them in the early season basket now? Yeah, it was kind of one of those deals, but I'm sure you could have worked something in to come back, you know. Sure. So you got a good outfitter, he'll work with you, you know, you can come back down rut, hopefully, you know. Yeah, sure. And was this buck the buck that they were kind of trying to pattern, or was it a different buck that was on the camera? Or This was the one we were targeting, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um I showed up, I left Saturday morning to drive down there and end up getting there. And then me and me and the one guy, uh Steve Squeers went out and it was a hanging hunt, picked a tree, tried to kind of get close to where the pictures were coming from. Wind was a little iffy, but I think it, in after looking at everything in the end here, it was pretty much perfect wind. I mean, it swirled a little bit down in there, but um, it worked out perfect because that buck came walking right in that wind, and I was just upwind to him probably about 50, 60 yards, and he just couldn't catch my wind because he wasn't wasn't right on me. And he ended up walking out in that bean field. And I seen that so, piece. So you're saying the, you're saying the buck – you gave the buck the wind, if you will. Like what what people say is for a lot of these bigger deer, you gotta give them the wind. You gotta make them think that they're safe. Like he's sent checking this food plot and you're not there, quote unquote. Basically, he came he came walking into that wind, but I was just far enough up wind from him. He was nice roughly 60 to 75 yards up from that and he couldn't catch my scent and he walked right in that food plot he felt and nothing was there and you know i think those hanging hunts that's something to be said there too you know when you got a stand that's sitting there all the time and they find those stands they know where they're at and they check them all the time and 
look to see if somebody's there and nothing's there something's there you know and little scent got in there i was only in there maybe three and a half four hours prior to that you know wow and all right we had a little audio issue we're getting this wrapped here brandon you were telling me about how you were just off wind for this buck he thought he had the wind you know in his face and you were 50 60 yards out of the way how does that work what direction was he coming in and what way was the wind going like where were you so the wind if you were uh, I, I was basically straight north of him about where he popped out on the edge of the field, I was straight north about 60-ish yards, I would say. And that wind was crossing at northeast. So that deer was coming out of the woods south of me. And the wind was coming northeast. He wasn't able to catch my scent because I was upwind to him, you know, that's 60 yards-ish, you know. So he would have to come around circle off the side. He came out of the the bottom there, and I was just you know he he was working the wind, but I was just too far up ahead of him to the north, like in line with him, where he couldn't catch that unless he got off to my side, you know. That's that's amazing. Do you guys know where he was going to come out and like that whole thing? Um, when I talked to the guys there, they said it was kind of a little iffy, you know. They kind of had an idea, but it was a little dicey. Uh, but we figured, you know, as early season is, you know, you you try and pattern them and get in on them when they're showing up all the time. But, you know, a big deer like that, you don't know if he's going to, you know, he could be getting pictures for him for two, three weeks. And then all of a sudden, you know, strips that velvet off. And once he stripped that velvet off, it seemed like he wasn't showing up as regularly the way it sounded. So it was okay. kind of like, well, we might as well just go for it, see what we can do. You know, it was a little gutsy, but obviously it all worked out, you know? Yeah. I mean, all the, all the good, hero stories are a little gutsy i mean if you're not aggressive on these bigger deer um you know i think you i think i think everybody passes probably a lot of opportunities by by not moving in I, i'm guilty i'm guilty of sitting back and waiting and, and trying to not screw it up right but um absolutely at the same time the other side of the sword is if you don't move in you'll you'll never be in bow range so yeah uh, Oh, that's that's awesome. Now, what kind of food plot were you hunting on? What I mean, we're talking October 1st in Iowa's opening day. You shot him opening day, right? Yep, opening day. Yep. Good night, man. And what kind of food plot were you on? Uh plot. And when they were late planted beans, there was some early planted beans turning that yellow brown. They kind of had a fence, they had a fenced off with a electric tape and everything to keep the deer out there and hold them for late season. And then they planted some later planted beans and they were green, green yet. They're just slightly starting to turn a little yellow, but I mean, they're short. There's deer in there. They're mowing them down. Um, I probably saw 30, 35 deer prior to him showing up and not one, one deer winded me. So, I mean, I felt pretty, felt pretty good, you know, sitting through that sit and nobody caught me, you know. Oh, that's amazing, actually um you know mature does <laughs> like our our worst enemy half the time um yeah absolutely are you uh are you fully scent free with all your clothing what, what's your scent regimen real quick um you know i usually try and run the scent locker system and all that um wash everything before i got down there um i packed those onyx i had those onyx running the wind was you know it was it was light wind i don't know four to five mile an hour wind and uh, it did swirl a little bit it swirled a couple times and there was a little there was a couple deer that some does that did get a little jumpy but they just came back in and they couldn't quite pinpoint where i was or figure out exactly what that was they caught a whiff but uh not enough to blow them out of their tails up in there you know noses blowing um so i mean i was spraying down with the hs you know the earth scent spray and and trying to do everything possible to shower it up right before i left um you know scent free deodorant body wash all that jazz yep yep the whole gamut now all right let's all right let's hear let's hear how it went down 
what time it was. Buck came out. Walk us through with the details the last, you know, 10 minutes of this hunt. Okay. Yeah. So I was sitting in the stand and had a couple shooting lanes, not very big, just big enough where he could get a shot off if he was going to come out on there, a couple spots there. Um, really focused on off my right side hole there because we kind of anticipated maybe him coming from that direction somewhere. Wasn't quite sure if it was going to be the corner or maybe a little bit further north towards me or off to the east. He was going to come from that general direction is what the, they were kind of thinking. Um, sitting there, getting winding down there, got to be about 650-ish. I had a door right in front of my stand, um, and there's a bunch of underbrush there, and I couldn't really see to the, my left, which would be north. And Dole kept looking up there, looking up there, looking up there, and I'm like, well, geez, you know, maybe I should maybe just get ready. And I'm pretty much standing the whole time as I was in there because of just being ready for anything at any time. And I watched that duel keep looking that way. So I actually grabbed my bull and I had swung it around the tree to the left and ready because I had a real small window there close to the fence line that I was sitting on or the field edge, I should say. And it was a 10 yard, 15 yard window. Well, I'm looking down there waiting for something to come. You never know where he's going to come out of. And all of a sudden I turn to my right and I look and he comes walking out of that corner there just south of me. And he starts walking out and he walks into the beans and I grab my range finder immediately, tried to get my bow swung back over the tree and I waited for him to stop and I ranged him, turned my dial. I shoot a single pin sight. Same here. And, and uh, shot him at 35 yards and double along them, watch them dump in the bean plot. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. How far did you run before he tipped over? He didn't. I gosh, I had five, 60 yards. Oh my gosh. Five yards. And this deer, I, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody how big it was in the beginning of the episode, but what he, yep. what he gross out at? Uh, we scored him there. At the lodge, he was 207 and six eights. Holy wow, buddy. Holy wow. Yeah. So what, we're going to. What were you doing? Were you like shaking yourself out of the tree? Were you calm, cool, and collected like a stone cold killer? What, I mean, I know you're a killer, but like, what were you, what were you doing? You know, when I was sitting in the stand there the whole time, I was kind of thinking about it and I was getting excited and I'm like, talk myself down. Like, don't get too wound up here. And, I was kind of talking myself up and down throughout the whole hunt just because sure. I knew there was a possibility I could see this deer. You know, you don't know. Yeah, just because he's showing up doesn't mean he's going to be there. Uh, you know, they get this big for a reason, you know? Yeah, right. When I seen him come out there, I thought, get this done as quickly as possible because, and effectively, because it's going to escalate quickly. And Great tip. I, I kept it together pretty well i thought until after i shot and after i shot the last one then i was shaking for minutes up in the stand i couldn't believe it i was like this really happened and yeah took me a while actually took me a couple days to even be like that actually happened i can't believe it yet what what i never thought i'd kill a 200 inch deer you know i mean everybody dreams about it but actually killing one you know seeing one and having it all come through and hit them hit your mark, you know, harvest. That's a whole nother thing too there, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Even on a doe or a, or an eight point in Michigan, like, yeah, a good shot is like, I'm proud when that happens, you know? Absolutely. It's funny. You text me the picture and I was like, good Lord. And then you're like, still can't believe it, bro. So yeah. you, you're right. That was October 2nd, the next day. And you still couldn't believe it. Like, I mean, that deer is silly. Yeah. And then good, good double lung shot. You said just kind of right behind the shoulder center punch up and down type thing. Yeah. Pass through. Oh man. What broadhead were you using? Uh, slick trick Raptor trick. Is that a fix? Actually it's an expandable. It's a lot like a schwacker. Expandable. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very nice, man. What grain arrows do you know? 
Um, I'm shooting three thirties and then a hundred, hundred grain broadheads. So I'm shooting three forty full metal jackets. Oh yeah. Okay. So you're probably total arrow weight. You're probably up there a little bit yeah. with those FMJs. Yeah. I should be about four forties. I should have been shooting. Awesome, man. Well, I think my bowl two, I think we're shooting two eighty seven. I think, or two eighty five, something like that feet per second. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine the feeling to watch a 207-inch deer drop in the bean field in front of me. No, it was... I can't well, even imagine. It was, it was wild. Like, like there's branches hanging in front of me and everything, and I seen them going on. I can hear the crash. I lost the movement for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, you can just hear him pile up, you know, and then you hear... And I had to crouch down a little bit to see him, and then, yeah, he's laying there, you know? <laughs> Oh man, so so then what happened? You you I'm sure you waited a little bit and got down or or whatever, and then you guys probably got the truck or the quad and came out. Like what happened after that? Yeah, so after the shot, then I texted uh, I texted Steve and then I texted Nick. And I both told him I said he's down, and they're both like, "What? He's down?" I'm like, "Yeah, just killed laying in the beans." <laughs> and uh, they're like, "Down, down." I'm like, "Yep, you can drive right up. We should be able to drive the truck right to him and." take some pictures out there and throw them in there and um yeah drove right in there got a tag on them immediately you know and took a couple pictures and that's the famous picture that's all over facebook that everybody says it's photoshopped because my face looks like it's planted in there you know <laughs> oh which one's that? oh that one that you sent me yeah i don't know it does facebook. look photoshopped my, my face looks so fuzzy in there but it was just, it was like the last lighting. Cause I shot him at 652. By the time somebody, the guys got there, it was probably, you know, maybe at 10 minutes of light left, maybe five, you know, maybe it was already dusk. Uh, but my face just glows in that picture and just looks like it's uh, just cropped right in there, you know? Dude, that's because everybody's going to hate, period, no matter what. So I'm sure you're already seeing that. Oh, yeah. There's always, you're going to have that. Gonna I just have take that. it with. Take it with a grain of salt, right? So what I'm wondering is, did these guys at this outfitter, do they know, like, you said you met them before and you had a good, good relationship with them, but, like, do they know that you're you're kind of like a killer? Like, I mean, like, you've done this before, you know what you're doing, that sort of thing, or did they kind of, like, you're just another paying person who's, you know, on the list? No, I think he, I think they knew that I would be up for it. You know, I was down there, you know, um, five years prior to that. And I was actually staying at their lodge, paying, oh. actually hunting and hunting public land. And I told him about a couple encounters I had and there's a big deer there. And, um, gotcha. So I an idea. really, so we had, so we, t- we talked, we visited quite a bit and I've been down there shed hunting and, uh, Things like that went down there for one of the guys' weddings. So, I mean, it's been a connection thing, too, over the last five, six years, you know. But, I mean, even some of the scenarios I told him, I said, I just didn't feel comfortable with the shot. You know, I wanted to make sure it was good. Uh, so, I believe that, you know, they thought, you know, they knew I wasn't going to be taking dumb shots. Yep. You know, comfortable with putting me on them, you know. Putting me on the deer is one thing, but actually getting the chance to harvest them is the other thing. You know, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. Oh, dude, 100%. Like, people think because it's a, a guided hunt or because it's an outfitter or because it's you have cam pictures that the deer's dead, right? Getting it done. Yeah. Or, or a lot of the times these days you hear about people complaining about cell cameras. All right, you're using cell cameras, so you're you're cheating. You're, you know, you're, the you know when the deer's there. Getting them killed is a whole nother deal. And you know exactly. that. Yeah, you still got have the wind being your favorite, that deer's favorite, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into the strategy yet, you know. Just because he shows up in the camera doesn't mean you're gonna you gotta have the right wind, you gotta be able to set up, get close enough. I mean, there's you know, I truly think I think everything just aligned perfectly for me that night, and that's the reason why it happened. Oh yeah, man. Well, I know you, you know, why didn't why didn't I, awesome. why didn't I yeah, you know, why didn't I get busted by 30 other deer prior to him showing up he was like he was the last deer that walked out on the field you know yeah yeah no kidding 
everything was just on my side that night, you know? No kidding. So, so what'd you do after that? You, you got him back. You, you were in camp like the rest of the week. I was texting you all week and you were, uh, were you, were you, were you camp cook or what were you doing all week? Yeah, I was pretty much camp cook, camp beer guy, whatever I had to be, you know, after (laughs) something like that. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, we hunted for the rest of the, uh, that was first night, and then we ended up hunting for another six, well, I didn't hunt after that, but my friend with me ended up hunting six more days, and had a couple good encounters, some young deer, you know, Um, and on, I think it was Thursday, Thursday night, he had a good encounter. He's sitting on a clover plot down there and it was a pie shaped and at the bottom of the pie was kind of the ravine bottom where the deer would come out of and funnel up onto the plot. And he was sitting on the left side of the pie shape and the deer came out on the field. Well, of course, deer ended up taking the right side of the field there and he was 80 yards out and no shot presented, but uh, he shot, he said it was a mid, mid 150 straight eight. So it was a really nice buck. It was a hell of a buck. But just no shot. That's a big A point. Yeah, it was big. He got a couple pictures off. It was last light. He had like 10 minutes left, but he got a couple pictures off of his phone there and you could see the frame when we were looking at him and you could tell it was a hell of a deer. So that's awesome. So so what's next for Brandon? What are you up to? What do you I know you got some other some other podcasts you're hopping on, some other interviews, I'm sure. Um, not, a, not all the time do people drop a 207 inch whitetail. So what's next for you, man? What's on the agenda this fall? Um, a couple other guys were Facebook messaging me about doing a couple articles. Um, I know North American whitetail is supposed to be putting something together and local shop in town might want to do a podcast yet, the way they said, um, other than that, I'm just going to keep soaking it in and try and focus on my farm and central minnesota here and hopefully kill my first buck this fall heck yeah heck yeah well dude what a story i mean i can't believe it when you text me that like that's just unbelievable i mean we randomly we randomly met like you said four or five years ago and boom dude from minnesota comes out and shoots the 207 inch deer that's that's amazing that's truly amazing buddy i'm very happy for you congratulations officially i'm proud of you i i knew you could do it but that's just amazing yeah i appreciate it jared wow um so we normally before we wrap these up we have one more question that we like to ask all of our listeners um i'm sorry all of our guests and you're well you're one of the guests so need yep. to understand what your favorite tree is it could be a habitat tree could be a tree you like to hunt out of could be a, a tree you like to sit in your recliner and look out the window and look at we get a yep. lot of pretty cool answers about this question so wondering what your favorite tree would be especially because you're in a different part of the country than uh we talked to a lot of people uh so i'd love to hear it um i'd say my favorite tree when it comes to hunting Obviously, the more stuff going on in that tree, the better to hide your body up in there. But I'm a lock-on. I like to hunt a lot of lock-ons. Um, but any tree you can get up there and you got, you know, it splits and then it goes up another 5, 10 feet, splits again, and then it goes up another 7, 8 feet, splits up there. You can get anywhere in them Ys and them crotches and get your stands on. I think that's one of my favorite trees, if that's a maple or if that's an oak. Um something that holds leaves longer i always like myself a little bit more cover you know and trim a couple little shooting lanes whatever you got to do and that'd be my answer you know i like that we we've never had a non a non-specific tree answer but more of a tree shape answer and and i would agree with you like it doesn't have to be a white oak it doesn't have to be a silver maple like whatever tree is the right tree right yep you just you walk in there you find that sign you see that tree or you know you know when it's the right tree too a lot of times if you gotta if you've been in the woods your woods enough or you see the sign you know um i hung a set on my property this year 
first stand, I put a little micro green plotting with my good buddy and kind of a funnel area where they kind of come out of. And there was a tree there right off the trail a little ways. And it went up 10 feet split. And then it went up 10 feet on the one side where I'm at again, splits again and split on the other side. I mean, there just had so much going on there. First sad I sit on it, I had a deer slipping on the, on the backside and it was rainy out and I was sitting down in the tree in one of those crotches there and I swung my bow around and that doe knew I was there, but couldn't pinpoint me up in that tree because I was so brushed in with cover and so much going on there. They couldn't pick my body out that I was able to swing my bow over the top of that tree in, the, in that Y and get the shot off, shot off shooting that doe. And, you know, she went 50 yards and piled up, passed through 18 yard shot, 15 yard shot right in there. Amen. Concealing, you know, concealing yourself is huge. Oh, for sure. Especially in, if you're in States, you know, like Minnesota or Michigan, where, you know, these deer have a, have a pedigree and find a lot of pressure, you know, mm -hmm. good answer, Brandon. Good answer, buddy. Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. So I want to, I want to offer, um, the chance to plug whatever you want to plug. I know you guys have some businesses and, and things that, that you guys do. Um, so feel free to, you know, plug that. Is Young Buck still around? Yeah, I know my wife's working on a little bit. Um, it's kind of put to the back burners a little bit now. You know, we got three young kids and yeah. gearing up for building the house in the spring. And it's just, you know, things are hectic, you know. Oh, I do. And it's, it's not over with, but I don't think it's, uh, it's not moving full steam right now. Gotcha. Well, where can anybody find you if they want to connect? Uh, my wife has a Facebook page for Young Buck. Yeah, or anything, or, any, anything you want. Uh, my wife still has a Facebook page going on, uh, Facebook, uh, youngbuckclothing.com. Otherwise, I believe she still has a website up and running, which is youngbuckclothing.com. And, yeah, that's where you can find her. Us. Yeah, I I need to place a big order here pretty soon. That you guys do well with that. Um, and I think yeah, so youngbuckclothing.com and then you know you're you're on Facebook, right? That whole thing too. Yep, I'm on Facebook. Yep. All right. Well, last thing I want to ask you before I let you go, I appreciate your time tonight, is um where and when are we doing a nice camp? <laughs> I was just talking to my buddy about that just the other day. I was telling you about, about the Habitat podcast and Jared and talking about land management and stuff. And I said, he wants to come up and go fishing. He goes, what's he want to oh, fish? Yeah. I said, I don't think he'd be too picky with anything, but I, everybody wants to go after the Minnesota goldfish, you know? Oh, yeah. The old Wally doggy. Yeah, the old gravel lizard. Um, <laughs> you have to let me know when it works, Jared. Well, that's that's a whole another thing, right? Uh, I'm like you. I you know three kids and a couple of businesses and blah, 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 which are, which are uh, hectic, but with enough time ahead, we plan something. Um, yeah, dude, no, I, I haven't been through Minnesota without calling you. I promise that, that I will be good. going through there. Yeah. We got, we got to figure something out. I'd love to, I'd love to come up and fish. That'd be great. I, we'd, that'd be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. You guys are freaking killers up there. Fishing, hunting, the whole deal. And uh, it's good to know you, man. I appreciate you hopping on here tonight. I appreciate you sending me that text with that big deer. You know, when you shot it, that's amazing. Um, and I wish you luck the rest of the season and, and your family good health, for sure. Hey, I appreciate it, Jared. Thanks for having me. And uh, I wish you a good hunting season as well. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could, please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, T-shirts, and decals up at habitatpodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal 
you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Vitalize Seed Company at vitalizeseed.com. Packer Max Cultipackers. Exodus Trail Cameras. Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. Endless Horizons Archery. Morse Nursery. Afflictor Broadheads. First Light. Realtree United Country Land Pro Lake States Realty and Auction. Legendary Forest Products. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers. of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.